March Madness 365 with Andy Katz is presented by Grammarly. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. Got a special podcast for you. This week, I'll be joined by the two head coaches from the National Championship game, Villanova's Jay Wright and Michigan's John Beeline. Let's find out what happened with both of those guys since that night in San Antonio as the Villanova Wildcats won the National Championship over Michigan as Villanova completed a remarkable shooting run through the NCAA tournament, Jalen Brunson, the consensus national player of the year. So I'll be joined by Jay Wright and John Beeline. And coming up this Wednesday, stay tuned to all your NCAA platforms as we will hear from Dr. Condoleezza Rice, the former Secretary of State, as she announces the recommendations for the Commission on College Basketball. That'll be done Wednesday in Indianapolis. I think everyone is anticipating some sort of widespread changes that uh, I'll be shocked if they're not endorsed by the board of directors, those being the presidents from a number of different Division I universities. I don't think that they would have empowered Dr. Rice and her commission uh, if they didn't think that the recommendations would be put into use or into play rather quickly. And Dr. Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, has made that clear that uh, they want these recommendations uh, to be put in play. And I'm saying that for basically next season. I think you're going to see dramatic changes uh, in the fall. Uh, I don't know if they could get anything done if there there are changes in the summer schedule. Uh, That's probably a little too quickly here for the summer of 18. But I could see things being changed for the summer 19. Uh, as well as certainly changes that uh, we may notice next season, whether that's people being allowed to have agents in what capacity. Uh, I do think that that's something that Dr. Emmer told me in in my conversations with him that I think they'll be shown a little bit of light of, but that'll be above the table, not just under the table. And that's really been the root of some of the problems that we've seen in college basketball. So that's on the horizon on Wednesday. I'll be in Indianapolis to cover that for all the NCAA platforms. And, uh, you know, at the end of May, that's when we're going to really find out who's in and who's out of the NBA draft. We've had over 150 players have declared, uh, which they can. And the NBA draft combine is going to come in a couple of weeks in Chicago. These players will find out whether or not they're invited. Uh, That'll sort of immediately tell a number of these players that uh, basically they have no shot to get drafted. So that should be a good indicator. And then some of these guys will get workouts with NBA teams, and that obviously will go a long way toward whether or not uh, they 
have a shot to stay in the NBA draft. And that's another thing that we'll have to wait and see. Does the commission come out and say that if you go undrafted in late June, that you can go back to school? That's something that the NCAA can control, whereas the one-and-done rule, you got to be 19 and a year out of high school to be drafted. That is an NBA rule. I think there's going to be a recommendation to the NBA and the NBA Players Association. But once again, the NCAA cannot change that. So keep that in mind. All right, want to get to my guests, two national championship head coaches on the same podcast. If I'm not mistaken, this is the only podcast that has both national championship head coaches since that game on the same podcast. So first up, why not go with the champ? Villanova head coach, Jay Wright. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova, two-time national champ. Uh, Jay, you've had a couple of weeks now. Uh, how much is that sinking in? Uh, it is. It's starting to sink in a little bit. And yeah, it's funny. We just came off the road recruiting, so um, it was the first recruiting event you know since the season ended. You got to see all your colleagues and friends and coaching. So you know you don't get to see them uh, until then. It was pretty cool to see everybody, but also nice to have gone through that one time. And now I hope we're back to normal next recruiting event. You know, when I look back on the Final Four. Uh, we had an unbelievable NCAA tournament, crazy upsets, you know, buzzer beaters. And, and you guys absolutely just dominated the weekend. And the shooting was off the charts. Have you had a chance to sort of look back and, and really think about how well you guys played uh, really over the course of six games and especially those two in San Antonio? You know what, Andy? You know, we come back home and there's so much to do and you got guys – you know, um, entering the draft and, and recruiting and you don't get much time to think about it until I talk to somebody like you, you know, and and then they'll they'll bring it up and they'll bring up, you know, the, the shooting percentage and the, the threes and, and uh, you know, breaking a record for most threes made in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, and then when you bring it up, like I'll, after this, I'll meet with my staff and I'll mention that you brought it up, you know, and we'll talk about it for a little bit, but then you you move on, you know, to the to the recruiting and to next season. But when you look back on it, so now that we're just talking about it, I mean, I mean, you guys were a good shooting team all year, but when you think about how well you guys shot, you, you know, it, it really is remarkable when you just think about just how well you guys shot over the course of those two weekends, especially. One thing I think as we do try to dissect it and figure out, you know, when you're in it, you're just trying to get to the next game. But when you look back on it, we were a good shooting team all year. We weren't a great defensive team. But we kept getting better defensively as the year went on. And at the end, and especially in the NCAA tournament, and especially that weekend against Kansas and Michigan, we were playing our best defense which actually got us some easy threes in transition to add to the threes, you know, we have been getting all year. So I, I think our defense actually took us to another level with our three-point shooting. All right, so now that the season's over, uh, put in perspective really the impact that Jalen Brunson had not just on this program but also this season. You know, it, it really has been uh, amazing, and it's, it's, I think, bigger than anyone knows. Um, when your best player – is the most unselfish and the most committed player. And he also happens to be the player of the year in college basketball. The impact on all of his teammates is immense. And one of the things we're learning about in talking to other coaches uh, that we've played against, you know, I just came back off the road recruiting, and other coaches were saying to me that they would use Jalen as an example to their players during the season and say, 
uh, in a way, what, what would Jalen Brunson do? So you're seeing the impact that he had on our guys as, as a leader and, and as a guy that gave them confidence, as a guy that showed them how to be a Villanova basketball player, but also you see the impact that he had on opponents that they had such great respect for him that it could be an advantage for us. I mean, his was a no-brainer decision based on what he did. You know, you could argue Mikhail was as well. Um, you know, when you're going through that whole process of whether or not a guy – you know, should decide to come out. What are some of the main things that, and you've had this before, but that you've evaluated as to what makes a sound decision? It's unique to every player, but for our guys, the guys that come to Villanova, it's that balance between, you know, ensuring yourself that you are going to be a first-round pick, right? And Anywhere in the first round or just a first-round pick? Anywhere in the first round, if you're if you're an undergraduate, you know, if you can get into the first round, guaranteed, you know, which is hard, you know, some teams will say we like you late in the first, but if they don't say we're going to take you, we're definitely taking you. If they don't say that, it's not an intelligent decision. And even if they say we're definitely taking you, that means you still might have to be prepared to go early second round. Because they might be telling you the truth, they're going to take you, but they don't know what's going to happen on draft night, and someone might slip to them that they never thought was available. And even though they meant they knew they were going to take you, they didn't know that someone else was going to slip. So you, you've got to be really guaranteed or come back and, and, and get your degree and give yourself a chance to move up in the first round. So the decision for Amari and Dante, because uh, we've seen this before, you know, last year, you know, Zach Collins has a great tournament and whether or not he was ready for the NBA, but, you know, he bounced because he was hot. Um, you know, your guys had great postseason, have good seasons, but great postseasons. Um, what went into the decisions, you know, for Mari Spellman and Dante DiVincenzo? Well, both of them, uh, I, I think, uh, came on really strong at the end of the year and and, and they are getting some advice that, uh, you know, you're as hot as you're ever going to be in terms of the, you know, the NBA guy. So given that, it's it's definitely worth going through the process and seeing if someone's going to guarantee them a first-round pick. And if they go through the process and someone guarantees them a first-round pick, uh, I, I would also suggest they go because both of them are close enough to getting their degrees, and I know they're the type of people, and, and we have a – a program set up where they can come back and finish their degree. And I know it's important to them. But if unless someone guarantees it, I think both of them are, are uh, young enough in their careers and they are coachable enough that they can make significant strides next year and, and move themselves up in the first round. So what's that like, this sort of, you know, this sort of uh, unknown period where you could either have, you know, two big-time stars coming back, uh, around a team that's still going to be very good, or it could be, you know, in your world, a rebuilding year, which still will be pretty good, but, you know, it, it would take on a little bit of a different look. Yeah, it takes a lot of um, time and effort, let's say, it's, it, that when you're in this situation, it's very work intensive because you're working really hard to prepare these guys. You know, if they're going to enter, you want to help them try to be first round picks. So you're doing all your research with NBA guys. You're making sure they get good workouts here. You're making sure they stay committed. They eat the right things. They're in good shape. And you're also got to rec- you change your recruiting because if the two of them leave, you might 
bring in more players, but you can't commit until they make their decisions. So you're still doing your normal recruiting, but now you're looking at grad transfers, other transfers, maybe a freshman, you know, another freshman that's available. So it intensifies your workload at this time of year. But uh, I wouldn't trade it for it's. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's a good situation to be in. All right. So let's assume. Well, regardless of the decision, at this early juncture, what stands out with you with the guys that you've already got committed, signed, and are returning guys like Eric, uh, Pascal. I mean, that that when you look at what this team could be next season. Well, a lot of it's going to depend on Dante and uh, and Omari. Um, you know, we could have two of them. We could have one of them. But if if you look at if we don't have either one of them, which is kind of how we're proceeding right now, we're proceeding as if we don't have either one. We're hoping they're going to be first round picks, and then you know we don't have either one of them. We we will be a team that has great leadership with uh, Eric Pascal and Phil Booth, and then a lot of unproven young guys, but a team that has great potential that by the end of the year could be a really good team. A team early in the year could really struggle, probably struggle in a way that, you know, previous teams of ours haven't. But that's okay. Like, we're not, we're not afraid of that. As long as we keep our culture strong and we're playing the right way, we might have to grind and scratch and claw, but by the end, be a really good team. All right, so when you met Pope Francis, what would you tell him? <laughs> well, I was, I was prepared uh, to say, uh, gracias, santo pedro, coragio. That means thank you, uh, Holy Father. Be courageous, because some of the uh, the cardinals there told me he likes to be encouraged to be courageous and stay strong. So I had it all set, and uh, when they they brought me up there, I gave them a basketball, and they told me to speak to him in Italian. And when I gave him the basketball, he said, "Thank you. Do you want me to sign this in perfect English?" And he. <laughs> Blew me away. I lost. I didn't. I didn't have a response because I, I was ready to respond in in Italian. So I just said "Grazie, Grazie, Pedro, Santo Pedro." That's all I said. And uh, I said no. And then I said no. It's a gift. It's a gift. And he said, "Oh, thank you, thank you." <laughs> so that was it. That was the extent of. It. So you didn't get an autograph ball from him? No, no. I think we have one coming. I, as I said, I. I gave him an autographed team basketball. <laughs> so I'm telling you, I was so nervous. I have never been so nervous to meet anyone in my life. Well, you had also the pressure of your board there. So, you, you know, you, you've got your, your superiors there as well. My president next to me and the whole board of trustees <laughs> behind me. Exactly. Uh, Jay, we got the commission on college basketball. They're going to make their announcement on Wednesday. Uh, these are recommendations, uh, uh, but more than likely they will be endorsed because I don't think they would allow them to sort of make recommendations without, uh, you know, feeling like they'd be implemented. What are you hoping to hear from Dr. Condoleezza Rice, the former Secretary of State, on Wednesday uh, when they make these announcements? You know, I'm, I'm really interested. We actually have a um, conference call tomorrow for our um, our committee, our NABC, com- NABC committee that brought up recommendations to that committee. So we have a meeting tomorrow uh, before that comes out. And I think we'll talk more about it there. But just personally, the simple thing is, and and I don't know how they're going to get to this, but I want them to understand that we've got to create an authenticity in college basketball. And we need the NBA to help us to do that. The NBA needs to allow those guys 
to come out after high school, go to the G League after high school. That way, the guys that go to college know they're in college because they want to be there. They had the opportunity to go professional and get paid. They're going to go to college, and they're going to get all the, the scholarship, all the great amenities that come with being in college, and they're happy to be there. That's However we can get to that point, that's what I'd like to hear. And lastly, Jay, um, it was said because of scheduling, but last year, um, you know, North Carolina did not end up going to the White House. Uh, uh, what's been the talk among Villanova if an invitation were to come uh, from this White House? You went there, obviously, two years ago with President Obama. Uh, what, what Villanova would do? Yeah, same, same situation. We're working on uh, schedule, you know, their schedule, our schedule, and, um, you know, summer school and all that. You know, whether there's an invite, how do they do it with the college basketball team? So I, I think they're communicating with our uh, – with our president, so we haven't heard anything yet. So no decision's been made? No, no no decision either way yet. Okay. And, and the last thing before I let you go, Jay, you got two national championships that puts you in rare air. Uh, a lot of times those that have two, uh, let alone one, you know, end up in the Hall of Fame, but we're years away from that. I know you haven't had a chance to digest this, but, uh, you know, when you see the names that have won multiple national championships, so what does that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable, just like this question. <laughs> I, I just don't consider myself in that category. I, I don't like thinking about being in that category. I like being uh, humble and hungry and just grinding for the next one. Um, so I'm, just to be honest with you, very uncomfortable. Well, you are always comfortable on the sideline, that's for sure, <laughs> and everything else. So. <laughs> Jay, we appreciate it, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Great talking, man. Congrats on your Paris Marathon, man. Hey, I finished. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> all right, thanks, Jay. And when we come back here on March Madness 365, I'll be joined by Michigan head coach John Beeline. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Michigan head coach John Beeline. Uh, John, since the national championship game, what has occupied your time the most? Well, the good, you know, the good news is in all of March, Andy, you're uh, you're playing in front of TV. You're busy. You're you're playing into April. The bad news is is that you you don't get to really do any recruiting. You do all our recruiting at that time because you're on you're talking about us on TV. But then we we just had to get out there. So I only had a few days left uh, to go out. I went out every day, every day, every day. I was gone every day, other than the ones the NCAA wouldn't allow us to go out, but. It was good. We can catch up, and it's good. It's a good problem to have. But on the flip side, how much did you need? And I saw I was with you down to the last seconds there before you walked out of the building. Practically, uh, I mean, how much did you need to just you know what, just get away? I mean, Jay. Now they did win, but you know he went to Italy for a week. You know yeah. they they had that benefit, obviously, of being the champ. But how much did you need at least some time to just get away from it? I I didn't take any time, Andy. Really, I came back and. We got back Tuesday at a meeting with my team on Wednesday, and uh, we I ended up leaving Thursday night uh, to go out. So I, I really, and I came back, we had our banquet. We had two banquets, an academic banquet for student athletes here and a regular band. Then I went out again, and now, I, now we were out last weekend. So I will take some time, sometime here in May, uh, and get away. Uh, but I, I really couldn't because we just had to catch up. I'm a strong believer when you go out in the summertime, Andy, go out and watch guys. I want to get to know them before I watch them. 
and uh, that really helps a great deal. So when you get away, what does that mean for John Beeline? That means uh, I get away, and uh, I try to just, whether I'm going down south or I go up north, I try to turn off the phone, but the truth is never off. And you uh, you just try and say, okay, these are the hours I'm going to text recruits or my team, or I'm going to answer some phone call, and the rest of it, I'm going to leave my phone back at the back at the at, at the house. But it's it, it is not it is never like that. It's never really shut down time, and uh, I got to change that. What's your best way of relaxing? I love to. I, I'll exercise. I'll Kathleen and I will go for walks. Uh, I will uh, will watch movies. I I love listening to my St. Louis Cardinals. So I will uh, I'll plan some things around that. Go for a walk when they're on, or just watch the game on TV. Uh, watching baseball is a tremendous relaxation for me. And what about the grandkids? Oh, that is that's a whole different deal. There's not much relaxation <laughs> yeah, in there, but it's wonderful that uh, we'll have uh, we'll have different ones stay overnight. Kathleen's had. The sleepovers with just about everybody, but the but the one, the youngest one so far, and uh, and we did go to see uh, Patrick's new baby as well. I did, but I was recruiting in New York, so I, I coupled up that trip. But uh, it, it is a uh, yeah, we will spend some time. But I haven't been to a soccer game or a little league game, and I look forward to that. It'll probably come sometime in May, later on in May. All right, so we look back at the Final Four and really the overall run. Uh, look, Villanova was shooting phenomenal. I don't know if anyone could have beaten them. You, you know, and I know you love to, to dissect everything. You know, what could you guys have done differently, if anything, to sort of flip the script, especially with the way they were shooting the basketball? Uh, we had to make our shots. And, and it's really, you know, we won five out of six games. We only shot the ball well once against Texas A&M. So we need that need to be that one game that if you got an open three, uh, or you even got some guarded threes, you had to make some of those, and we didn't. And um, and we shot forty from the foul line, and uh, both those things we just need to stay in the game, Andy. And that probably was by a six minute run to end the first half to start the second half was uh, really created too much of a deficit for us. You know, we just had to make shots, and when we did. The only way we beat the really good teams this year, and we beat some really good teams, was when we were making shots. We didn't, and credit Villanova. They did a great job of guarding us, but even when we had open ones, we had to make those. I saw what you said after Mo Wagner announced that he was going to stay in the draft and declare and everything. You know, it's hard to put into words his development and what he meant to this program. And I know a number of different times you talked about just how much you just enjoyed being around him. Now putting in perspective that, that he's going to be on to his next chapter, what are some, what's maybe your favorite, favorite memory that you have of, of coaching Mo? I, I don't think there'll ever be a memory. I think there'll be memories of the energy he brought every day. Uh, Andy, he was always, when he had that ankle injury, he was always the last one on the floor to start practice because we do video we do a walkthrough, and then we practice, but people all have to go get taped and uh, get taped. And and he's the last guy, but he's the last guy in the gym, but he runs into the gym with so much energy, we're all ready to go. And I think seeing him walk through the doors every day is the last guy on the court because he, he was getting his ankle taped um, is something I'll always remember because it wasn't – and we didn't lose many games, obviously, but even after there were some losses – it was all right. Mo's here. Everything's going to be all right. And uh, really, his leadership was incredible. And I'll remember that personality coming from a second language uh, was was as good as it gets. 
So Charles Matthews declared, uh, I mean, pretty much everyone, it seems like, has done that. Um, you know, and he's going to go through the process like a lot of these other guys. Uh, what kind of advice did you give him? Well, we, we went to the draft advisory and uh, NBA draft advisory. We got some good information. And based on that information, he felt that he wanted to give it a try. Uh, and uh, we, we, we don't stand in the guy's way. We try to advise the best we can and make sure that we then put him in a position for success. So uh, he's working. He's not in summer school this time, so he doesn't have to worry about missing classes. And he'll be working out on his own, uh, getting ready for any calls that we get from different NBA clubs. So uh, I I know this kid is a hard worker, Andy, and he's going to work his tail off to get to be as good as he can, if that's good enough. And he feels that he's uh, in, in, in a good position. Then he can make a, a position or a decision It's it, to be win-win either way. Come back to Michigan, or if he feels he's in a great position, go on to the pros. All right, so let's assume that he's gone just for these purposes. Based on what you have coming back, what you've recruited, and what you know, uh, how would you assess what next season's team could look like? Well, we'll, we'll be uh, remodeling again. I don't want to say rebuilding because we got a really good foundation, uh, but remodeling a little bit because we'll have – uh, over the past two years, you know, look at those two records. I think we won 60 games the last two years or close to that. And of those top six players, every one of them will be gone. So it is a, uh, that's a, that's a major remodeling, but it's happened before. And, uh, I think with our recruiting class coming in, the five guys, they, there, there's going to be a great opportunity for them to grow and, see uh see where we can go with it but i love the idea that you know with uh xavier simpson and john teske at the time that jordan Poole and isaiah livers got in uh that's that's very valuable time even though sometimes you don't see it you know on the court this year i was just like x last year that you didn't see it on the court but it sure showed up this year yeah it's certainly a great uh, group of guys to be an anchor. Yeah, yes. JP, the same thing. You know, he got in there. He had great games, and he had games where he was a non-factor. He'll have a lot of opportunities to be a major factor next year. Same thing with Isaiah Livers and John Teske. And then our freshmen are going to have to come in ready to play, and that's going to be – that'll be interesting. And on Wednesday, John, uh, Dr. Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State, she's going to make uh, the announcement from the Commission on College Basketball for the recommendations, more than likely whatever they recommend. I'd be surprised if they didn't get endorsed. What are you hoping to hear from that commission on Wednesday? Well, I think I hope to hear that we have some problems, but they're isolated and that we're going to take care of them and that they have some suggestions how we as universities can change the college basketball environment. And then we go about and go to it and don't get all caught up in the the paperwork that involves that, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it two years from now. Uh, if there are changes to be made, let's do it right away. If they see, let's do it right away. So I guess that's what I hope right here. I'm wishful thinking here that a lot of pro- programs are doing it right. And, um, it, it, uh, and I believe that and the changes will be important, but we'll just do like so many changes we have, Andy. There'll be changes that, that will turn out to be better as we go along. Well, I think, if anything, the agent thing needs to be solved in some form, um, you know, because clearly that, that had been at the crux of, of what this investigation was about. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they have uh, in, what, what they found out. And I, I know I talked with a few people on the committee during the year 
And, uh, you know, I think we all they, – only they know what every coach says. And now they put it all together. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good for college basketball. I'm certain of that. Well, John, we appreciate it as always. Uh, I'm glad you could carve out just a few minutes for me. Uh, I know at some point you're going to relax at some point. I will. I will, Andy. I know in May there'll be a week where you may not be able to find me. And I've got to find that week that I'm going to do that, and it'll be great. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks, Andy, very much. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. We are with you every week of the year covering college basketball, talking to the newsmakers, and discussing the news in the sport. March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. Thanks for listening. March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly. AI seems to be all over the place, but with so many options on the market, how do you know what is good for you and your business? AI is no longer a plaything. It's a business imperative. Companies that already use AI for writing are making gains. If you want to beat the competition, you need an AI writing partner you can trust. One that will help you generate not just more content, but better. Grammarly saves your company from miscommunication and all the wasted time and money that goes with it. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft or the perfect last word written in the company voice and tailored to their audience and goals. When every doc, message, and email your team writes is clear, compliant, and on brand, everything gets better. Inbox numbers drop, customer satisfaction scores rise, and companies can save 19 days per employee per year. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly, easier said, done.